Hello and welcome to Twinks Club. Uh, second official episode after the rebrand. And um, how are we doing, Rye? We're doing great. Um, fun fact: I'm actually, unbeknownst to you, this episode is a special episode where I'm interviewing you. <laughs> oh, you're... really? Yeah, you're getting interviewed today. I thought it'd be really funny if I just like sprung up a million questions. Okay, wait. I kind of love that. Is this gonna yeah. be like seventy-four questions? Like vote. Um, we could do seventy-four. Honestly, <laughs> I just we could. I wasn't really thinking that far ahead, but but you yeah. know what I mean, right? When like they're like following somebody around, like they're like mansion and Vogue is like, "What's your favorite kind of macaroni?" Oh yeah. Okay, so seventy-four questions with Danny is officially among. Uh, I was gonna say Among Us. <laughs> among Us. Among Us. <laughs> <laughs> So, Danny, what do people misunderstand about you the most? Hmm. I think that a you're lot a of bitch. <laughs> I mean, kind of, yeah. Like, uh, like, kind of unironically, yeah. I get that a lot that, like, people say that I'm intimidating or that I just am unfriendly or standoffish or stuck up, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Like, you know, when bitches will come up to you and, like, you have a conversation with them once and then they're like, oh, my God, I thought you were like a total bitch when we first met. Yeah, I used to get that a lot. Like, when I, was I, I get that a lot. And I think it's just because, like, I'm in a social setting. I'm more quiet and, like, reserved than you might think I would be, like, listening to this podcast. Um, and also just because I'm face so hard that, like, how could <laughs> you not be intimidated? And I mean, I definitely think that's a thing. Like, I feel like like you're like a, a like a pretty girl and like quiet, and like because of that, like people are like, "What's her vibe?" When people like, you know what I mean? Like people mm-hmm. get really like confused, and they always say like intimidating. Like I don't get that because it's like normalized, like just being like hi. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like normalized, just going up to someone randomly in the middle of a library and being like, "Hi, you're pretty." <laughs> Look what it can get you. Seriously, like, you could actually... be you could be the host of a podcast with twenty with seven unique listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Two years later, look how far we look Pace how far... library humble beginnings at the Pace Library. Humble beginnings. Um, speaking of Pace, um, what was your experience like in Pace? Like, were you someone who like? did like the whole clubbing thing or were you more like cerebral like what was your vibe when you were there in terms of like going out and like socializing and stuff yeah everything like because I only lived on campus for one semester I was never really like I didn't really hang out with like pace kids like most of my friends weren't people that went to pace I had like a few friends that like I met through school and like we would go out but even then we wouldn't go out with like other pace people um if you get what I mean so I never really felt like I was like really a part of like the student community like I didn't know like the people really that walked through the halls unless they were in my class um but I did like I was out clubbing like I earlier like my junior year like I would kind of go out a lot I liked going to like bars and chiller places um pretty quickly I kind of got over clubbing pretty fast 
But then by the end of my senior year, I was kind of just like vibing in my apartment, smoking weed and like going out maybe once or twice a week with my friends, like going over to their apartments during the week. And then maybe we would go out to drink or something. But it wasn't like a staying out until like eight in the morning, like endeavor. Um, I, I like I, I was tired of that really fast. Well, what would you say is like the most overrated places that you've been to in the city? Like, I this is like day life and night life. Like anything, vibe. anything. Tau group. Do mm. not, do not go to catch. <laughs> do <laughs> not catch. go to. Exactly. You know what I'm talking? Like any evil. of those, any of those places that you need to like get dinner with a promoter to get into. Do not go there, bitch. Do not go there. Like there are so many cooler places in New York that like are low key and like you don't have to like fuck to like get into. Yeah, like any of those places. I think any of like the big clubs for like up and down and like beauty and Essex those kind of places are just like super overrated to me and not my vibe um that's yeah. super interesting that you say catch with the whole like promoter vibe because promoters are like very freshman year I feel like with like the pace and like yeah, New York they're City experience so, they're so like you're eight years old and you just got a fake ID yeah yeah because it's like you're not gonna get in unless you have a promoter because you're just right. too young but it's like I find it interesting because I like like my my knee jerk reaction to the whole like promoter thing, especially the how catch like you know for those who are unaware like you get dinner and then it becomes a club like right. after hours and you obviously get dinner with the promoter because catch is so fucking expensive. I remember I went there without a promoter one time, just got dinner with my friend when I was like seventeen, and I got mm-hmm. a mojito there and it was like twenty four dollars. Yeah, they're I will really say though, expensive and not particularly good. Yeah, but, like, I will say, because I was 17, like, that mojito had me drunk the whole night. Oh, I'm so, sure. Like... And I'm sure you were gagging over the whole experience, too. I mean, it's amazing to you. The peak of I mean, they got, like, a fucking butane fucking boxed, like, little lighter and, like, lit yeah. my jalapeno on top of my sushi. And I was like, whoa, yeah. what is this? But, yeah, my, my knee-jerk reaction is that, like, this whole promoter thing is, like, kind of demoralizing. But I also think, like, like it's just me being like jealous of the fact that like as like like as a man like I will never it's just harder to find it's extremely more difficult to find like gay male promoters who are gonna take you out to dinner yeah (laughs) I mean I guess you kind of but I I guess it's like you just have to know the right people if that's like your kind of thing but honestly I wouldn't be jealous if I were you because knowing a promoter who's gonna get you in is like absolutely nothing special you're literally nothing to them that's very true and they're and they are nothing to you until you want to get into like it's a very soulless relationship yeah it's very sterile but i find it funny because uh this is gonna be such a dick thing to say but (laughs) whenever people and you're gonna agree but when like the ugly people of this nation oh girl when they're we've been also like i feel like rarely say that on the podcast which is like so funny because that's like our thing Talk about his ugly people. Ugly. <laughs> Every day we're like, good morning, ugly. Actually, bad morning. Ugly bad morning to all the ugly people. Good morning to Ryland. <laughs> and that's Danny, it. and that's it. <laughs> and that's it. Um, but yeah, like the ugly people of this nation, like I feel like they'll complain and be like, I don't know how to get, like, I don't know how to get into these clubs. I don't know how to go out. And it's like, um, (laughs) like girl i hate to be the one to tell you this like hey girly um you should go on look the look maxing reddit please Uh, (laughs) please um pick a 
r slash vindicta <laughs> they were excellent you'll go from hard four to like soft seven and then you'll be fine and then you'll be okay then you'll be just at the you'll be just acceptable enough and that's really so um my next question for you is like did when you did go to these promoter dinners like did you ever feel like was there a part of you that was like was it more like okay like i'm using these men or is it more like uh this is degrading like how did i mean so like the only times that i ever did that i was going out with like friends because for most of my time actually all of my time in new york i like had a boyfriend like my ex so like i any any time i would go out like that it would be something with like my friend who was single and like i would just kind of like be almost in from the outside just like watching all these people prey on each other and like just like sap each other of their life i i benefit because like you're being seen with me you're a hot girl and i'm getting you into the club and like we're gonna hang out and it's like i'm benefiting because you're getting me into this club and like i'm only gonna like two of the six drinks that i'm getting you know what i mean yeah so like i never really truly participated in that i was kind of just like a bystander and that was good enough for me because it was just a little bit too ugly (laughs) i don't know it's not it was not my vibe well which is why i stopped how was it like though like going out just in general as like a taken person for like all of college because i feel like that's such a unique rare experience i feel like most people like don't really do I feel like a lot of people do relationships in college but it doesn't last long term like over the course of the four years right so it's like how was that experience of like going out and like witnessing these people like in and out of relationships or like trying to get like trying to get lucky like at the bar yeah I mean I've always been a relationship type of bitch like I'm a serial monogamist I fully Mm -hmm. admit that like I am always been a relationship person I don't like dating up don't like you know fiending around for like male attack it's just never been my i need you give you give very appless energy like like there's certain girls this is one of my theories i have like there's certain (laughs) girls where like you can look at them and tell that they've never downloaded tinder Mm because like because like why would they (laughs) right why would i need to i i Tinder's my life is life, Tinder. My life is Tinder. Going, walking down the block to the post office is Tinder. No, no like, just kidding. Honestly, no, just kidding. But like, that's know. why I deleted my Tinder because, like, like I would see like all my friends and like like talk about how they're getting no action, how they have like ten matches, and I'd be there with like a thousand matches in like a month and be like, oh, and then like I would sit there like. <laughs> like kind of like oh my god it's horrible like you just need some better pictures like <laughs> <laughs> like just just like put something funnier in your bio like everybody everybody says that they like pizza and netflix like, i never yeah. had anything in my bio like i was just always like new york city and like that was it or like one time it was like beat me in mario kart and you'll have the key to my heart which was like corny but like i feel like guys are like <laughs> oh my god i like mario kart like nobody likes mario kart like <laughs> like people just nobody say that you know what i mean mario like, kart. people just you know. people just say that like of course like 
if if I really, really felt like it, like maybe when I was like 15, like the cool thing to do would be like to have my friend over and like be playing Mario Kart. Like that was obviously a vibe, but like I'm 20 years old. I'm a man. Like what am I right. doing playing Mario Kart? Why like, are you playing Mario Kart? Like go follow your taxes. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like follow your taxes. Like what are you doing? Like <laughs> follow your FAFSA even. Like literally though. Yeah. But um, yeah, like I kind of had this realization where like, cause like I never really went on dates with anyone on Tinder. I like hooked up with like a couple people on it. Yeah. But I was like, and sex did a bunch but i was like <laughs> you know what like this is like ugly this is like the ugly app like this is ugly people this nation like energy like i yeah like if if it's not i know it's so corny but like if it's not in person it's not organic because like no if you're really like, no but girl, but it's true like it really is true i really hate the concept of any kind of dating app because it's just like it's it's because and I, like, don't, I don't think that anyone who is realistically going to be on an app like that, like a man, is, like, worth your time. I agree. And it's, like, just go to the bar and swipe right physically. Right. Like, that's just what it's about. When learn going... people skills. Like, learn conversation <laughs> skills. Being fucking awkward and uncomfortable to be around. And you'll normalize be un- <laughs> Normalize unlearning autism. Yeah. Like, stop being ugly. Go to Sephora, get some new makeup, get a foundation that matches your skin tone. Get a lip flip. Get a lip flip, straighten your hair, learn how to do your eyebrows. Stop putting gigantic triangles of concealer under your eyes. It's it's done. It's, it's that tired. easy. Like, yeah. I mean, just come on. I I feel like most people is so ugly that it's impossible for them to find somebody to hook up with like there's somebody I out there so for agree don't believe that's the thing if you're not like a 10 out of 10 you have to be real fucking down for you to not like if you want to go home with somebody at a bar you have to be real fucking down bad to not have that goal at the end of the night that's what i'm saying like and i know like for myself like i so i deleted tinder because i was like well what am i doing here like and then i was like my you know i'm still not 21 and i'm like well my time is gonna come in like literally four months when i'm like <laughs> out in bars like probably every weekend like yeah no i mean you're gonna have night. you are gonna have absolutely no problem like whatsoever. i'll just wait like it's fine normalize waiting like normalize normalize waiting, waiting. yeah and you know what <laughs> like what are you gonna find on within like four months that you're gonna want to hang on to and then not experience like <laughs> not my stuff. husband yeah, I mean, come no, on, you're 20. You don't need to find your husband. You're 20. <laughs> I'm literally 20. Like, please okay. don't, actually. No, like, don't. Like, please, like, like please, work on, your, like, work on yourself. You're, in, you're insane. No, honestly, <laughs> like, I don't mean to say that, like, I regret having a boyfriend all throughout college because that's mean. But I do kind of wish that I had taken that time to, like, get to know myself a little bit more. And I feel like I might have had a more fulfilling experience had I been single um that's like that's not really personal about my ex or anything like that but yeah I mean my advice is stay single until at least your junior senior year have fun don't tie yourself down and don't be fucking stupid amen yeah (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, or as the Islam say, Amin. <laughs> um, Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Um, what's the best compliment you've ever gotten? Mm, I think when Dua Lipa said I was gorgeous. Oh my God, I was there when that happened. <laughs> he was like, and you look this, so is, Albanian. this is gonna this is gonna sound fake, but like it actually totally did happen. Like I have a picture of me and her from this night. Um why are you lying? I'm I'm serious. I will send you this <laughs> What and you've never told me this? I I I can't I can't remember if I ever told you this or not, but like You've never t- how did you fail to tell me that Albanian mafia pop star Dua Lipa told yes, you gorgeous? She told me that I was gorgeous. She was performing um in Boston and I was home and I took my sister to go see her because I had some friends that worked at the venue where she was performing and um we got let into the venue early out walking around i think she was doing like a meet and greet with some people who had tickets um and i went up to ask her for a picture and as i approached her she's like oh my gosh you're gorgeous i love your <gasps> outfit and i was like ah, no. <laughs> I... I will my sister will even sorry she was indeed there but it it did happen it no because when you said when dooley called me gorgeous i'm like okay Sisa, i know like... it sounds like a lot <laughs> I know it gives SZA, but it really did happen. That really did. I happen. would die and come back to life because the thing about Dua is that, like, she is like, I don't know if it's just the fact that, like, I think Albanian people are the most beautiful people. No, she's absolutely <laughs> gorgeous. And too, I was like, oh my god. Yeah, she's like insane, like sick, sick body, like perfect body, like gorgeous, so gorgeous. Like her hair, like she's just so. Oh my god, I I live and I. Yeah, that's amazing to hear a comment from a pretty bitch. Like, you know, you made it. Like, yeah, right. Like, that's how I felt. I was like, wow. Like, the pretty bitches can see each other in this room. Oh my God. What are your thoughts on Dua, though? Like, do you, did you live for future nostalgia? I know the album's like five million years old at this point, but <laughs> you know, I live. Um, <laughs> I didn't, I can't say that I lived for the whole thing, but I do like. I like her. Why don't yeah, you love she her? Gets my, she gets my stamp from a, a stamp of approval. <laughs> Your Jeffree Star stamp. Of yes, approval. stamp of approval. <laughs> um. So, if you could be remembered for one thing, what would it be? And you cannot say the Twinks Club podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um. You know, I would love to be remembered as like you know how people remember Audrey Hepburn as like not only the style icon, but like. Just this, like, icon of, like, beauty and, like, grace and just this aspirational all all facets of life. Yeah. Like, she's, and it's not because she was, it's not because she was scandalous. It's because she was genuinely interesting. And she had viewpoints. She was kind and graceful and, like, obviously had really amazing style but because she was different than like any other you know old hollywood movie star at the time she was kind of subversive in her um approach to fame and um yeah i guess just being remembered as somebody who was incredibly charming and like could make a 
really strong made a strong and lasting impression if that makes sense i mean audrey hepburn is just like wow 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 i remember audrey hepburn is my icon like above maybe anyone else since my childhood when like i grew eyebrows and people just started seeing you know little girl with big eyebrows and brown hair like oh that's audrey hepburn like (laughs) ever since i started getting those comparisons i live for her and so she's been a mainstay yeah i saw roman holiday well i've never seen any audrey hepburn film ever in my life because you know immigrant parents you don't really know anything (laughs) about american pop culture you know you're like oh i've never i've never listened to the beatles people are like right and it's like relax like shut the fuck up john lennon sucks ass my parents ate bread for dinner for 18 years of their life so So i don't think they had fucking radios um to listen to fucking the beatles (laughs) um they lived in a socialist country. The radio was controlled by the government. I don't right. think they had access to these American pop culture staples. They did I'm not so listen sorry. to fucking Pearl Jam. Like no, the the way I don't even know what that is. <laughs> so, so like I was just like high off edibles this summer one night, and I ended up watching Roman Holiday. I was like, you know what? Let me watch this. I oh, love that movie. My God. how how like, amazing is that movie? I just. A, like incredible and I just remember just like the entire time I mean like Gregory Peck and Audrey yeah. Hepburn like both insanely beautiful people gorgeous yeah like, gorgeous. and but especially like, the whole time I could not just keep my eyes up Audrey Hepburn like there was just her vibe like it's just oh not- no like <laughs> she has the ultimate vibe to me like yeah. she, she has the vibe 100 uh, percent if like- I'm if I'm mis- not mistaken that was her first like kind of film in america yes. right yeah um roman holiday was her first breakout starring role and it's funny because gregory peck was already this big movie star and um her on the poster you know they wanted her name to be smaller than his and he actually demanded that they make it the same size because he knew that she was going to blow up and be this big star and he was going to look like an asshole that her name is so small compared to him but wow. yeah you're right yeah that was her first starring role and she i just got chills when you were saying that like that's like some crazy shit like like what, what a feminist icon for <laughs> right <laughs> you know what's crazy not to be horny on Maine and like literally like i would bleep this out if i cared enough but i just don't like if i had a time machine and i had a choice to like save every world atrocity or like go back to like this era of old Hollywood and like literally suck every single dick of every actor there. Men's faces. I would go back. They just don't, they just don't make men the same way anymore. They don't like something about those world war two rations, like testosterone and them. No, because men don't exist like that anymore. Actually, I think you could kind of say that, I kind of think that, like, my boyfriend has a modern old Hollywood movie star face. Yeah, he does. Right? Super Caucasian, super handsome. Like, very handsome, very, like, statuesque and, like, very classic looking. Yeah. But, like, it's still not, like, I mean, maybe if he was, like, in black and white, it it would be a little more convincing. But it's, yeah, something about that, 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 I don't know, the World War II water. Okay, so what you're doing is the next time you see him, you're getting a film camera, like a black and white film, and uh, putting, going in a film camera, and 
doing his whole like suit hair so it looks like that 1950s like and taking a photo of him and you're gonna like see if he really gives I want to yeah. see it yeah actual test yeah so um what's an insult you've received that you're proud of <laughs> she's a dumb fucking cunt she's a fucking whore um hmm an insult i've received that i'm proud of you know when people tell me that i'm fake or two-faced i actually think that what that really is is me being adaptable to my surroundings and i don't see that as a flaw i'm just gonna say it i'm just gonna say it i don't see that as a flaw i feel that i like I can adapt to my surroundings. I can blend in with the people that I'm with. And it means that, like, maybe my personality is a little bit different from person A than it is interacting with person B. Um, I think I'm not a flaw. So, yeah, sure. You can call me a fucking a two. That's fine. You know, that really resonated with me because... I, f- I find it interesting. I literally just talked to my friend about this yesterday, friend of the pod, um, about how, like, I think there's a difference between, like, the Machiavellian, like, sociopathic, like, flattery mm-hmm. and, like, fakeness that, like, people can exhibit and, like, just, like, the, like, more, um, fa- what's the, ma- is malignant the bad one or benign? Benign is the good oh, one. Oh, no, malignant. Malignant is the bad one. Okay. That benign sort of, like, social chameleon. Yeah like kind of personality you can have like and I remember that really resonated with me because like when I I remember um I had this friend where like she would um they would always tell me like oh like I just feel like you always act different with other people like when they're around like and I'm there and I'm like it's because like why would I talk to you about like the fact that I like horses if you don't like horses like right. I'm gonna talk about that with someone who I know is a horse girl you know what right. I mean? like not everybody everybody has different sides to them and it's like it's I think it's a good thing to know like who what side to show people and what side not to because it's like you know people implicitly do that all the time and it's like good to tap into it you know and like like you know I I think it's also like a control freak too about being like being able to like control your social situation and control the vibe by like making sure that you're the one who can fit in you know yeah, that definitely comes from not only am I just kind of naturally attuned to that, like, because, you know, I am a Gemini and like, sh- I know, big shocker, but it is also uh, something with like, you know, my fear of being perceived that I've talked at length about on this podcast is like, if I can control my perception, then like, I don't really have to worry about that because I know exactly how I'm coming off and I know exactly how you're going to respond to me and how to act so that I will get you to respond to me the way that I want you to and it's not like being fake and it's not like using people you know what I mean like yeah. it's just leveraging yeah and I just wish people understood that because like that's a I mean the first question is what do people misunderstand about you most and I feel like that's kind of true like that rings true to that too it's like mm-hmm. people need to realize that like no you're not like some fake bitch like you're just like you're you're just your vibe is just so liquid (laughs) right i'm i'm water like you can put me in any jar and i i will like (laughs) 
I mean, and that's not total. That's not totally true. Like, personality is completely malleable. I think that I, it just like my presentation just changes. I mean, uh, so how how would your parents like describe like what you do? Like from for a job. Um, or just like, sure. but I just, I just meant like in general, like, like who I know. am. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think my mom would say that I'm very passionate, but, um, I don't always have the, like, it's, I think she would say that I'm very passionate and I have a lot of the good place. It's hard to watch me sometimes as I, you know, let things pass me by because I do have like, you know, anxiety and depression and that kind of thing. And I'm sure that's kind of frustrating to see as a parent. Um, and I'm a little bit like, I'm not like closer. I'm very close with both of my parents, but my dad sees me as like a perfect princess. You know what I mean? Like I'm the first daughter. My dad is like always gushing over me and spoils me and gives me whatever I want. And I can do no wrong in his eyes. But my mom is like, I feel like when you're a girl, you just have a more complicated relationship with your mom than you do with your dad. That's so true. That's so true. So like, I feel like my mom, like it's not that my dad doesn't see me for who I am. Does, but he sees me through rose-colored glasses and like nothing I could ever do would be like I literally could sh- like like Trump said I could shoot somebody in the middle of the street and it would still be like <laughs> on, on Fox like it like that's how he feels about me like no he I sees you he sees you through a skinny funhouse mirror <laughs> yes and everything that I do slays to him like you know what I mean like I could be I could do something so awful and he would be he would be standing from the bleachers. I just mean, think that's like the curse of the human condition that like like your same sex parent as yourself, like yeah. you will always have like a weird like it, it was always just be a little more complicated. Yeah. Even if it's good, you know. No, and I have a great relationship with my mom, but like I think I'm a lot like her and so she understands better than like she understands me without me having to like explain how I feel, yeah. which is kind of uncomfortable. Sometimes she'll clock me and I'll be like, oh, oh, like that's what that. <laughs> okay. But yeah, I mean, I love both my parents. I have great relationships with them. Um, but yeah. So if you could go back and give your 18 year old self advice, what would it be? <laughs> Girl, eat. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> Girl, if you want the fries, go eat the damn fries. Go eat the damn fries. I mean, I mean, that, but like, you know. And it's also, I, I think I would also be like, be afraid to put yourself first and do what you want to do and not worry about what others are planning like make your own plan you don't have to plan alongside what your best friend wants to do you don't have to coordinate with your boyfriend wants that's to do. so true just do what the fuck you do because 
you need to have your own singular experiences in order to flourish as a person. And I kind of your didn't own learn life. That. Yeah, I kind of didn't learn that until late. You know, late experience. I didn't learn that until literally like last month. Yeah, have your own life. It takes a while, so yeah. I feel like if I had known that at eighteen, I maybe would have been a little bit further ahead in like, you know not life but understanding who I am by the time I was like 21 um yeah so that's what I would say well I feel like you end up like when you're in that mindset of like your life is for others and it's not for your own to live like I feel like like you end up attracting leeches and codependent Mm -hmm. people a lot because Mm -hmm. like you you're living for other people so then people need to live off of you and it's like it just gets really toxic and really messy and like all the people who are living for themselves and like you end up kind of just watching them pass by you. It's this super right. weird thing. Like, people who are just, like, doing their gym shit, making moves, social media moves, like, whatever, what have you. Like, you literally just watch them, like, exit your life. Not out of, like, I think, um, animosity, but, like, just this oh, natural yeah, drifting. Oh, yeah, move on. Yeah. That happens because they have their own life to live and you just watch everyone pass you pass by and all the leeches come and you leech together. It's a super weird thing that I think happens in your late teens when you have no idea of like self-actualization and no sense of identity that like your identity becomes prefixed on other people. It's a super weird thing that like, I'm just now unlearning. Yeah, me too. That really resonated with me. I'm kind of just now seeing the effects of unlearning that and I'm still kind of getting there. I still feel like I center other people really heavily in my life but at least I'm aware of it now Um, because I had to learn like I had to learn that like being a people pleaser isn't really going to get you anywhere it really doesn't give you bonus like bonus points with those other people that you're please because at the end of the day they're going to do what they want to do regardless of you you know it sucks because it makes you kind of like the what's that guy's name Jonathan from the Kardashians the friend, the food god. The food god. The the golden wing guy. It makes you the food god of the Kardashians <laughs> when, like, you want to be Kim, you know? Yeah. And, like... No, you I'm don't not... want to be Jonathan Siobhan. Yeah. You don't want to be Jonathan Siobhan. Like, you... And it's, like, you end up, I think, also, like, seeing... Especially in New York City where everybody's just, like, mm-hmm. ooh, ooh, doing their shit, hustling. Like, you end up just literally watching Kim launch a new business live her life yeah like launching business like people living their lives and you're just sitting there watching it claiming these accomplishments as your own like there's something like i don't know if you've ever like seen on people's stories like people post their friends accomplishments like to like yeah hype them up but it's kind of like i don't know why but now that i'm noticing this behavior in myself and like really really working hard to unlearn it and live my own life i see that stuff and i'm like you're kind of just like pretending that's you it's kind of like yeah brands it's like the like you're you're trying to get clout from like what they've done yeah or like like remove your like loserness like through these people around you who aren't losers and it's like no like you're jonathan shabon <laughs> if they all leave you what do you have at the end of the day Nothing. nothing and that's what happened to me in quarantine and i'm sure you went through something similar where like i was around all these people who were just like sick like sick like at pace <laughs> like just cool fucking 
hustler fucking like females and stuff and like the moment quarantine happened and I had to be sent home like I had nothing and like and like yeah nothing yeah I had nothing without the people around me that's how I feel right now like moving back home to Boston after you know living in New York for so and I've been here for a little while now and all of my like amazing friends who are like doing cool the life that I was previously living are still there and it's like all of my friends from home have like moved on as as I have moved on so like nothing really except for my family which is amazing but it's kind of almost refreshing though to be fully removed from your social scene and be able to observe it from the outside that's very true yeah I mean I think like the key for you is like not the younger person trying to give you advice like <laughs> it's like know your place like but stay um, in your lane. um stay in your lane sis um but I feel like the key is just for you to like just really plant yourself like in your I guess you could say community or like plant yourself where you where you're at now and like just try to spread your roots like try <laughs> to have this routine to have this schedule like like form a life here because like that's what you need and like the way I'm just giving advice to myself (laughs) honestly though like you you're not wrong because I am such a solitary person and it's so easy for me once I get in the groove of like staying in and being by myself it's just so easy for me to stay like that and only doing it for a long time do I really that's like healthy and not good for me um and like it's not that I don't have any friends here because I do like obviously I have like Kyle and my other friends that I see semi-regularly it's not like I'm literally being like nobody has seen my face in years like my friends in New York think I'm dead like it's that that's not the case but I guess it's kind of hard because I don't plan on being here for a super long time but I also don't know where I want to go next well do you have a list of places that you're thinking i do i do have a list of places um that i outside of america or no oh no no just like within the states for right now yeah i mean who knows in the future what are you feeling i feel like i i see you being in the country (laughs) oh i wonder why you say that (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i just feel um, like for like not even for like what you're thinking i'm like i mean more so like spiritual purposes like i feel like it'd be better for your energy what's been on my mind lately a lot is texas weirdly enough um (laughs) (laughs) really yeah low-key well so my he just opened up a new um office in dallas um so that's kind of cool and like could be you know an option and i work remote i could um so i'm I'm not limiting myself too much where i'm looking around but kyle and i have like talked about like some places because he also wants to move and like hates massachusetts this is the worst state like literally like i know the only reason that you would but literally don't ever come here like it's literally trash it's it's literally trash I believe you. I mean, oomph move there. So. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, no, it's just so bad. Like, it is, there's nothing going for it. Like, it's, everything closes at five. It's ghetto. 
No. I don't mean ghetto <laughs> as in like I don't mean ghetto as in like the the bad form of ghetto. It's just like there's nothing here to do it's so fucking boring and it's shitty and snowy and everybody's miserable just don't come to boston just i feel like you would like dallas because i mean for one the weather duh and then for two Uh, like dallas is like super gay and i feel like yeah you could find your people there and like like and also you don't even have to because dallas obviously gonna be more expensive than like anywhere else in texas but like you don't even have to live in dallas proper you could literally live in like one of the suburbs 30 minutes away and like live like quality like cost of living is like literally like it's not even cool it's not even close to like i mean it's still expensive but it's not even close to here or new york and you could buy like 500 she and body kind of camel dresses with how for my boyfriend (laughs) boyfriend will have so many body con camo dresses like he he, he's never gonna want another she and he'll be be ready to be bbl'd in afghanistan yes (laughs) i can't (laughs) dr canodia will do his bbl overseas (laughs) um i love this question what is your favorite holiday movie and what does that say about you Mm, i like that question too i love halloween and thus i love halloween movies Mm -hmm. um I love Tim Burton. Like, I have to go with... Corpse Bride. I have to go with Corpse Bride. Yeah. I ha- It has to be Corpse Bride. I- and even, like, Beetlejuice and um, Edward Scissorhands. Like, I guess you could all argue that those are, like, Halloween movies. But, yeah. Are, yeah. I-, I just love those movies. I love, like, the whimsical, goth kind of thing. It's always fascinated me since I was a kid. What does that say about me? I think it just says that I like things that are kind of like goofy and whimsical and like fantastical and don't take themselves too seriously. I think that's kind of what I am. Yeah. 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 You're not very serious, which is like, like, <laughs> I'm deeply unserious. Actually. Like, you're just not, not that you're not like deep, but like, like she's just not that there's there's just not that going on she's such a bimbo oh my god no like the thing about me is that i earnest everything that i do has to have some like layer protective layer of like iron anything otherwise i just too hard at myself i'm too self-aware oh my god that's so real (laughs) like i like so i am unserious in that way like nothing i can it would be like totally serious I mean, it's can't. It, it's can't. It's a coping. Well, my favorite holiday movie is also The Corpse Bride. But I think it's funny because I think what that says about me is that, like, I love unhinged women. Like, period, and that, period, like, period. Emily is, like, literally Emily. just like me for real. No, I'm, I, I also very much relate to Emily. Like, she's so real. Like, I'm a big even though she's fan. not like a real person like she's so real no but she was so real for all of the events of that movie like, like she, she was, was so real for that like come on she was so real for that like you like so like so true like, like that's my that's a that's my twin for real like like that's Papio literally twin. Like, like yeah ah it's twin um like hey it's twin um so, me when i watched um, that movie hmm <laughs> if you could have coffee with any historical figure who would you choose <laughs> President Donald J. Trump. <laughs> He's still my president. 
Margaret Thatcher. Um, no. <laughs> I- <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> I want to know what really happened. I just want to know what really happened. That's all. No, but- I want to know so bad. I want to know, like, I want to know who was really on the list. Like, I know his phone. Book. I, I, I do. I wouldn't. Know. That is not my answer, but I would love to know that. Oh my god! Because I, I know there was like that leaked phone, that leaked uh... black book, right? I don't know. Real though, seen that? I don't think around. so. I've like seen. Yeah, I don't think it because there was like. There was like Naomi Campbell on it. It's like, what was she doing? The little kids, yeah. like, I just don't. Girl, what's she doing? Yeah. Probably teaching them how to walk. Like, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> she gets Telling babies to... on the fucking island, and she's like, "All right, y'all, this." Is she's like, "Come on, on girls, it. get your heels on." <laughs> <laughs> That's sick. But actually, I think my real answer would be Amy Winehouse. Oh, that's so real. Yeah, yeah. She is. I adore her. Um, she's she's just always been like somebody that I like go to when I f- like need to reset my soul. I don't know, that's corny and lame, but she's just like when I don't feel like myself. Like that's I like you know what I mean. She's one of those people for me. The way she says it's okay in the day I'm staying busy, like. She's just really like that girl. Like, yeah, she's just amazing. She's, oh my god, I'm sorry. I I just had like I got like really like horny. I think just like, <laughs> like I really like and the bitches who don't like Amy. Like I'm sorry, but like how literally can, like kill yourself for real. Like how can you not like Amy? Like what the fuck would be wrong with you for you to have that opinion? I think it's just normieism. Yeah, but even then, like bitch, how can you possibly deny? Oh, I don't know. If I mean, I maybe it's just the girls that get it, get it. So if I could have coffee with any historical figure, sorry, I have to answer this because it's iconic. No, um, I want to know. I do want to know. I mean, like Harriet Tubman. Like, <laughs> I just think she's so iconic because. So let me tell you the story of how. So basically, me and my friend, <laughs> uh, me and my friend of the pod, we <laughs> smoked her weed pen, and then we went to the to the um movie theater and like the ghetto and we watched the Harriet Tubman documentary that came out like two years ago or three years ago and, and you were gagged everybody there was black and I was the only white person there but like I just love Harriet Tubman and like because I know a lot about her like especially like number one thing is that like the underground railroad was not underground and like nobody knows that <laughs> nobody knows that did I tell you one time for my final on in my, in my philosophy class so I had a philosophy of education class my freshman year of college at Pace. And from my, so obviously like that whole class talking about like education and like the philosophy behind it. So like I'm talking about, my whole thing was like, in my thesis talking about how like education is just like, they teach you, they don't teach you enough about issues because they don't give a fuck. Like, right. you know, they want you to be uneducated. So like, which like, okay, white man, like that's not the most groundbreaking thing in the world, but whatever. So I did it on Harriet Tubman and how like, I ended my presentation with being like, did you know that the Underground Railroad was not underground? And everybody lost their mind every single person interrupted me during the presentation started screaming and was like what the fuck are you talking about and i was like it was not underground like it literally was above the ground like it was- that's your version of like you know when indie boys are like oh yeah you know like tame impala is only one guy <laughs> the way i went to that concert and told my sister that it's only one guy and my sister was like what <laughs> neither of us knew any songs like past his like 
like currents. And so we were just like, literally. So me and her were just well, she's like Tame Impala's, and she was probably like, like probably like 2014. But like, mm-hmm. like I feel like if you were an indie kid during that time of like 2014, like Tumblr, your music knowledge of indie music dies there. Like, and you're stuck there, right? So, like, she only knew, like, that, le- like, that level of Tame Impala. Anyways, so, um, Harry Tubman. So, we were at this movie theater. I was the only white guy there. Everyone was black. And it was, like, packed, pretty much. And when Harriet Tubman starts, like, running, like, everybody just starts cracking the fuck up. And, like, I'm sitting there, like, like, I start cracking up, too, because I'm, like, they're, like, someone goes in the audience. She's, they're, like, damn, bitch, run. Like, <laughs> like run bitch like, and I'm sitting there losing my mind and I'm like I know oh my I God. Like, if I could go back there and like just like like just hear her and see her and feel her like I would just be so happy and like like she's just such a meme and like the girls like, but like generally such an icon like I would like live and die and like what would like, you say to Harriet Tubman I would say, like, what went through your mind when you were at the river and the person didn't want to cross and you pulled a gun and pistol whipped them? <laughs> like, what was going through your mind, like, in that moment? Like, were you, like, driven by God? Like, there must have been some... Like, right, was God it, like, pure have, adrenaline? Like, God must have literally channeled his body, like, through your veins. Right. Because, like, there's just no way this all went so perfectly. And, like, you... It was something so divine about Harriet Tubman. Like, <laughs> she's just so sick. Like, I don't know. Queen shit. Like, seriously. Like, queen shit. So, what was your favorite trip you've ever taken? Mm, I think when I was a junior in high school and I went to Europe with my classmates. Um, we went to Prague. We went to Munich, we went to Venice, and we went to Rome. And it was just, like, a bunch of really rowdy, like, 16 to 17-year-old kids. And we were all, like, running around Europe and, like, trying to get away with a bunch of shit. Because this was the first time that we'd really ever been, like, let unsupervised with this much like power and risk involved like you know what i mean like we were in another country that's such an indescribable vibe and like from what i understand like isn't the drinking age in like all those countries like 16 there really is none yeah i mean in italy anyways there's not really one because like you just grow up having a glass of wine with your dinner and like people don't really drink the way that I mean, of course, people get drunk and, like, get fucked up. But, like, it's... The culture around drinking is just not the same as it is here. I mean, but American they were, like, binge drinking culture is, like, so unique to yeah, like, us, exactly, I feel like. Exactly. But, like, as as I've mentioned before, my, like, hyper-conservative high school was, like, if you get caught drinking, you are getting put on the next flight home and you will have to pay for it. <laughs> They're so extra. It's like, okay. Like, like okay. What if yeah, I just and, and that being said, line? I did still sneak absinthe back on the plane home. So absinthe, yeah. I don't know if it was really absinthe because I bought it in Prague. <laughs> <laughs> it was not absinthe, honey. A <laughs> uh, girl, I don't know what it was, but I bought it. Maybe it was vodka. <laughs> it was. It was pink. green. It was, it was, it was green logo. food coloring. <laughs> yeah. It was the poor logo. It was green food coloring and vodka. I like, really I'm know. fucked up. I was like, I'm crossed. <laughs> um, do you know your Enneagram type? I do. I'm a 
is that the one with the numbers? Mm-hmm. That's like I'm the a, nine numbers. I'm a four. You're a four. I am. Word. I'm a four. Do you know yours? Fuck, I took it. And I swear I have it. Um, I'll tell you it after the pod because I don't want to take five million years looking through my notes to find it because I definitely did write it down. That's the one that I don't really know. Like, I took the test and I remember my result, but I don't know that much about it. I just know that I'm a four and my boyfriend is a seven. Well, from what I understand, like, you, like, it's like a kind of like there's a compatibility aspect to it. Yeah. So, like, if you're, like, a four, like, you, I think you end up getting along with a seven, right? Yeah. Well, I remember when I first, <laughs> when I first looked it up, it was, like, you know, you're both very talkative and very communicative, and you both have very big ideas, and sometimes, you know, that can clash, which is definitely very true. Me and my boy, which is at all. But, you know, if you're such, you're big personalities, but on opposite ends of the spectrum like I'm so like loose and like la-di-da whatever and my boyfriend is very like grounded and you know we're both kind of, like we're just kind of on opposite ends of the spectrum um mm. which for me is a good thing because it keeps things interesting for us both but yeah I, I was the one that like is the most mentally ill one like <laughs> like the one that like really like like you're like crazy like if it gets like really bad like and you're not you're unhealthy like you're like sick I think that I think that's seven I think it was a seven <laughs> yeah because yeah, that's like the bipolar histrionic one if it's funny because if seven and you're a seven you're both Virgos that's so actually that's interesting. really interesting that's very interesting um so <clears throat> If you want $10 million tomorrow, what would you spend it on? And you cannot say she and body content. <laughs> <laughs> um, hmm. Well, I think first thing I would do is like buy my family a house or whatever they wanted. Yeah. Um, like, like, just like if they wanted a vacation house or whatever, like a car, whatever they asked for, I think that would be like my first my first mission and then I would probably um I would probably buy myself something ridiculous like I would some like archive fashion something really crazy like maybe I would bid on something like really iconic like I would bid on like I don't know Dorothy's shoes from the Wizard of Oz that comes to mind first like I I would do something like that like that's meaningful to me um, and then I would probably just save it and invest some of it. I know that's like a finance bro thing to say, but I don't think I would blow it. Yeah. I mean, unlike you bitches who want to buy archive fashion, the first thing I would do is put it in NFTs and crypto. Because really? I... I'm I kidding, I'm kidding. Oh my god, okay, I was gonna say, like, no. I don't really see fucking NFTs and crypto being a lot around for that long. No, the first thing I'm buying is the Dior saddlebag, the Oh, period, version. period, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like $3,400. Yeah, it's like 4500 yeah. But it's so gorgeous, and that's the first thing I'm buying. And besides that, don't know, I'd buy my mom a house, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't really yeah. know exactly what I would buy. I definitely would treat myself to something, um... 
yeah and then i would just kind of save it and invest it that's kind of boring but yeah so if you had to write a book tomorrow what would you write about Hmm. you know i really like to write but i write a lot for myself and like the kind of stuff that i write is like journaly stream of conscious type of shit that it, stream of like, consciousness is fire yeah like nobody's yeah. really intended to read it except for me um but if i had to write a book i would probably write some kind of like auto fiction like you know something inspired maybe dramatize a little i would write some kind of like some kind of like fan like paranormal sci-fi fantasy romance because i do love those kind of books but lately i've been books here of rest and relaxation and i've been reading um the new me by holly butler and like this wave of like writing about distinctly female anger distinctly sadness emptiness um it's something that like really resonates with me when I read those books and like so I would I would like to write something that fits within that canon for sure well this auto fiction for one I would also do auto fiction that's right I love auto fiction it serves every time so like this auto fiction piece that you would write like would it be kind of like just general like biopic like whole life or would it be like a period piece of like high school college now like what would it kind of be you know, I think I would probably do um, like a period piece of, you know, maybe one of my years in college in New York, like living in Brooklyn and wondering why if I had like living in the middle of New York with all of my friends around me, like having a boyfriend, having a good job, being in school and getting a degree. Oh, my God. My, my audio flopped for a second. It was weird. So you said cheesy, cheesy territory. Yeah, it's funny. Like, I was about to reveal something, like, super vulnerable. And, like, okay, I'll... (laughs) Don't be vulnerable on main. Normalize not revealing. Anything, but... But (laughs) in in simpler terms, without getting to, like, I'm 14 and this is deep about it. (laughs) That Reddit. This... Like, this feeling of being kind of, like, a doll, living in a dollhouse, and, like, everything that you have is just a plastic doll version of, like, what normal people have, and you're just, like, kind of living your little doll life with your doll clothes, and once in a while, somebody will pick you up and play house with you, and then when they're done with you, they'll, like, put you back down. Not Dollhouse by Henrik Ibsen, Felony. <laughs> <laughs> felony martinez but but i would probably call it something i don't know life in the dollhouse something gay like that you know what i mean working feeling is so real like like everything being like places places get in your places like everything (laughs) throw on your dress and put on your doll faces like what do you not understand about that everyone thinks that we're perfect please don't let them please don't let them look through the curtain oh my god that song is like (laughs) i remember hearing that for the first time when i was like 12 or 13 and being like what like this is music like oh i was i was fully gagged beyond anything else the first time i listened to that album i was like this is how i feel like this i was like this is real music 
Like, um, I also like kind of think the album actually a lot of the songs I think aged really well, which is so shocking. Sometimes I do return to that album and because it's fun, you know, like it's like cute and fun and like it is a little cringe. Like, obviously, I'm not a huge fan of Melanie's thing now. Actually, that's kind of that's a lie. I am. Yeah, (laughs) I'm a clock Melanie. I'm a clock Melanie fan. There's some things that I don't like about it and some things that I still really like. I used to be a big stan of her. I met her with Kyle. You met her? Yes, I did meet her, Um, yep. I don't think she's cute, poor girl. Not cute, Mm. no. Okay. Um, So (laughs) if your worst enemy wrote this book, what would the title be? Ooh, my... Because who is my worst enemy? Me. (laughs) (laughs) Taylor Swift. Um... (laughs) Oh my god. People are saying that she's gonna like surprise drop an album and I don't know how true that is but part of me is like... With Lana, allegedly. Oh, the world would stop. With the Lana collab, allegedly. The world would stop. World stop, carry on. Yeah. Like actually. That would reset the culture, I think. Yeah. Hmm. I guess like what would I it's hard for me to pinpoint like who my worst enemy is but I think what they would maybe title a book about me would be like I don't know that's that's really difficult yeah that's really hard to say because like everybody you know has different criticisms of me that I've run into and haven't really agreed with but they'd be like the stupidest bitch in all of Massachusetts. You're so <laughs> corny. The, the, the lamest, most cunty whore in all of the tri-state area. Mine would definitely be like unpeeling, wait, shattering the mirror of a Holocaust survival, <laughs> of a narcissistic <laughs> Holocaust survivor. That'd be mine. everyone who hates me is like calls me a narcissist and i'm like i'm sorry that you're boring like (laughs) i would read it i would read it yeah me too (laughs) because it has to do with me so obviously yeah so (laughs) what's a common myth about your job um that we don't fucking do anything (laughs) (laughs) what do you do i mean so i'm pr And a lot of people, I think, have the idea that that's just kind of like a phony job where you sit on your computer and like, but, you know, it's hard work, you know, all of what you see of a business or a person or a celebrity or a brand is filtered through the lens of PR people. Well, do you do a lot of like, like mood boards, like data, like analytics, like not as much data and analytics. What I do is a lot of pitch writing, like a lot of reaching out to like schedule, like get my clients in front of people who want to talk to them and get them placements in the media. Um, pitches and, you know, running those things by them, coordinating their schedules and making sure that everybody is like happy and nothing goes unaddressed because PR is so fast paced. Yeah, um, this seems like very exciting and like on your feet. I feel like 
it is I enjoy that some people can't really environment like that but I can for sure so um (laughs) at what time of day do you get your best work done um probably like late morning I would say maybe like 10 to like noon yeah that's so true as soon as I like a piece of shit and then like after noon hits I start losing my energy because the caffeine like wears off that's so true (laughs) (laughs) and it's just all downhill from there but yeah the sweet spot is like 10 a.m to like 12 that's so true that's the best time of day it really is that's literally the magic hour honorable mention goes to like 1 to 2 p.m sometimes I get in like end around that time um and it's still like early in the day where you can be like oh it's only like one o'clock like I in the day and then that's you don't like my gym I like going to the gym around that time like one or two yeah I usually um I try to start I'm gonna try to start going in the morning or start working out in the morning but um I'm kind of used to working out in the afternoons because that's when I would dance is like after work most like dance classes start around five or rehearsals so I'm kind of used to that time period but I would rather do it earlier in the day and like get that over with so what's your favorite color and what does that say about you <laughs> my favorite color it 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 really depends but I would say that my favorite color is like pastel baby pink okay work and I think what that is just that I'm very girly and princessy which I am. I'm a princess, obviously. And hell yeah, I'm the motherfucking princess. You can cut that out. That was an intrusive thought. (laughs) (laughs) No, because, because, like, I had nothing to, like, I was, like, trying to think of a good follow-up question and the baby pink being your favorite color and, like, my mind was going blank and I was just, like, fuck, fuck, like, what do I do? What do I do? Like, 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 what? And then, and then you just said that and I'm just, like, oh, no. And I had this feeling, I was, like, oh, no, she's gonna, like, keep on talking because she can tell that I'm not talking. And then you just said that and I was, like, fuck, it's happening. Like, like, she's doing the thing, like, you saw it happening in real time yeah no, it was like it was like you know like when some like in those like disney channel or it's like <laughs> no yeah slow-mo <laughs> yeah like crashing and hitting the floor that was literally that i was like don't do it Bessie. don't do it <laughs> okay don't so let the last, of- my, i i, I te- let them win just say it so true my fucking one of my friend of the pod she came from texas to hang out with like me and my friends or whatever and it was great i was so happy to see her and she was like literally telling me she was like because like i kept my thoughts kept on winning that day for whatever reason mm-hmm. and it's like just let them win like what's the worst is gonna happen and i'm like you're right like, you know what you are right though like and she was like this like like emo girl like bright red like a bright red mullet and she's just like so hot and i'm just like you're right like she she let the intrusive thoughts win when she like styled herself (laughs) (laughs) so my last and final question is what's one question you wish i asked you hmm what is your favorite lana del rey album (laughs) because we can't (laughs) we can't have one good question 
And my favorite Lana Del Rey, obviously, any, 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 like, excuse whatsoever to talk about Lana, but my favorite album of hers is Born okay. by far, by far. Not Ultraviolet? No. I mean, I do, I really do love them all. There's not one that I hate. I mean, Lust for Life is... It's a little, it's a little messy, but I don't know. Born to Die just will have my heart forever. But like, Ultraviolence has West Coast, the best song ever made. Yes, but Born to Die has Off to the Races. That's true. And that is like my favorite song of simply all time. Like, uh, Born to Die has Blue Jeans, it has video games, it has Off to the Races. It has summertime sadness. It has Lolita. Like, oh, come on. It has Diet Mountain Dew. Well, speaking of Dew, we are doing the end <laughs> of this podcast. So, thank you so much for coming, Danny. Even though this is your podcast. Um, oh my God! Thank you so much for interviewing me. <laughs> yeah, this was actually. I feel like I learned a lot about you, and I feel like. Based okay, so like the real reason I did this is because like when I was skimming through, whenever I like sometimes I like skim through like the the audio like like before, like while I'm editing it to so, like just see the vibe and like typically like it's like fifty fifty me, me and you talking, but like the last yeah. podcast I was skimming through and it was only me. Like I would skim to <laughs> random places and like high speed scrub and it was only me and I was like what the <laughs> like I was like oh my god like I felt so bad and I was like because it's usually like we have this good like like back and forth game that we that we have and i was like fuck like and i was like shit like i have to like like do some cosmic karma and like make this up so i was like (laughs) let me let me give her an opportunity to talk for two hours oh my god well you know what like bitches love to talk about themselves so that's true and i'm just so that's that's my real motive i'm sorry i have to reveal it oh my god honestly i don't mind that at all like (laughs) <laughs> like i i actually don't really even notice but yeah i mean obviously i'm i'm more than happy to be interviewed i am a i am a leo rising so so you guys can catch us at the twinks club pod on twitter and instagram our socials are also linked there in case you are deaf and hard of hearing you can also <laughs> see our Twinks Club pod socials in our descriptions and of every podcast and thank you guys so much for coming to the Twinks Club pod and on the next episode Danny will be interviewing me and I'm sure you all probably will need to get hearing aids after and also never (laughs) be within 50 feet of a gay person ever again because you will murder them probably after hearing me talk for an hour and a half. And in preparation for Ryland's interview episode, we're partnering with Better Health because you're all <laughs> going to need therapy after you hear this episode. So, you know, keep an eye on that for our for our discount. <laughs> we're also partnering with Psychology Today just in case you guys need extra help. We're also partnering. Well, yes. all, all, use club use use code twinks club 666 to get a free year's prescription of wellbutrin you don't even need to like go through a test like just the <laughs> fact that you listen to this podcast they will give you wellbutrin it you is it. proof enough and perhaps sarah quell yes and listen you take the wellbutrin mama you are happy horny and skinny so and that's the essence of twinks club babe that's so true well, 
see you guys next week slash like two days whenever we yeah like, two days order. probably <laughs> well mwah. bye mwah. bye you